0: Thank you. Paranormal podcast. I'm your host Chris, and here we'll be delving into the multitude of strange occurrences that happen within Scotland and beyond. Contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Podbean, and you can contact us by either means. Tonight's episode we're discussing a few ghost encounters and a few UFO encounters uh, with Paul. Uh, the UFO encounters date back to his early years when he stayed at Armadale, which is also my old hometown, and there's been numerous encounters and cases um, within Armadale over the years. One of the more prominent ones I've podcasted about uh, one of the recent podcasts, which was uh, The Black Triangle, the uh, Andy Swan encounter, and there's been a few few encounters in Armadale over the years in surrounding areas. The whole kind of area, an outlying area, does have quite a lot of encounters over the years which we'll be podcasting about um, in future podcasts. Within Armadale as well I I do know people who've had other encounters and myself I had one encounter which I found pretty strange. I'll relate with you and you can make off it what you will. Um, I rationalised it at the time um, but I I did find it pretty odd though I was at running one night I used to run it obscure times early in the morning or late at night after work or before work and I was running the cycle path, which basically, if you look from the area, um, just to get a bit of description, of it, so the cycle path, basically skirts the top of the town. Um, so the other can of side, it, it's just kind fields and farmland, and there's be some kind of woodland areas. Um, to the if you follow it west, it goes to the next town. The next town it goes to is Barridge, and if you go east, it will go through Bathgate. Between Armadale and Bathgate, there's probably an area about three miles, which would be far-manned and such like. Um, so I was running the the cycle path between Armadale and Bathgate, running along. And if you can imagine, it was it was it was quite late at night. I had a small torch on which only cast about a, a metre or a metre and a half of light in front of you, so you could really just see the kind of, the where your kind of, feet are falling on the path. Um, it was pretty dark, but you could discern. Um, when you were running next to the town you could still see street lights and such like but after the town it got dark because you obviously you were into the farmland then so I ran along the path, I left the town and the first thing I noticed um, when I left the town the, the first kind of large farmer's field on the left hand side I could see a small red light as I was running so I turned and looked at this red light it looked like just a, a small red LED in the middle of the field probably about three, 400 metres away Roughly, i as far as that, but it was a good bit away. Um, so, I was still running. This red light automatically, as soon as I noticed it, came huddling towards me um, through the field. Not on, not really in the air; it was it was near the ground. Um, so, it was coming towards me. And the first thing I kind of thought of was um, it's a dog with an LED in its collar. So, as I'm running. Um, this thing's crossing the field, crossing the field, crossing the field, coming towards me, and I'm straining to listen to see if I can hear somebody shouting on their dog, because the dog was running a good distance from where it started, or if it was a dog, but the light anyway, what I seen, um, so I couldn't hear anybody shouting, but all I kept thinking about is I hope the bottom, the gate at the bottom, um, is going to be closed, because I don't want a, a dog attacking me if I was running stuff at night, so I still had a good distance to go down towards where the... the the farmland kind of ended, and then you go on the underpass, and then you're going to, um, there's more farmland after that, so it's like a road that goes over the top, so, as I'm running, this thing the light, the small LED light, um, was up at the fence line, when I was running still, so, it's travelling parallel with me, um, that's on the other side of the fence line, I'm on the cycle path, it's roughly maybe 10 metres or under, away from me, um, it was dark, but it was, you could still discern things like you see a darker fence post, you could see darker gorse bushes. So, next to the fence line, on the other side of the fence line, there was like a row of, kind of gorse bushes, kind of sporadic, uh, placed just along the fence line. Um, the cycle path I was running on was just more slightly elevated than the field, so you could kind of see in it slightly. Um, the red LED light was roughly about the same height as the fence line, if not, just slightly under it, so it was about three three foot, three and a half foot off the ground. So I'm still running. This light is um, keeping the speed, same speed as me. It's gone behind the gorse bushes, in front of gorse bushes, and bobbing them between them, as I'm running at the same speed as that, and it's travelling to me. So it ran with me for a good, probably 600 metres, from the kind of start to finish, if not slightly more than that, um, so all the way down, it was still with me all the way down. And as you get to the bottom of the field, the the gorse bush stops, and then there's maybe about another ten meters where there's no gorse bushes, and you get the gate there and stuff. So as I got down at the gate, the it went behind one of the last gorse bushes, uh, and it disappeared. I turned around, I couldn't see it, so I turned round, look into the field. The field's kind of pitch black. You can see you can see the certain gorse bushes and stuff, obviously, but I couldn't see the light anymore. I stopped to listen, just complete silence. I couldn't hear anybody shouting a dog, anybody whistling a dog. I couldn't hear a dog. Um and it just kinda gave me a wee bit of the creeps. I was there that that, that bit of night seeing that thing, I, I didn't know what to make of it. So um I ran into the next town and then ran back the street lights, ran back like the street areas rather than go the psychopath again you know, and go back that way. Um The thing was when I was thinking back when I actually stopped to look back to see if I could see the light. I couldn't remember seeing a dog, I could see the, I rationalised it as a dog, um, and I told my wife that, but I always, I did find it strange enough to, to bring it up, But so I could rationalise it as somebody's dogs escaped, At that time of night, it's in middle of a farmer's field and it's got a red LED on, it's collar, usually when you wouldn't see people in that field, it's usually um, cows and stuff, it's like a cattle, cattle kind of field. Um, and there's plenty of paths about, so if anybody's walking their dogs at night, they would easily be able to go to a path rather than going in the middle of the field. So I just kind of found it odd the fact that I didn't hear anybody shouting on it. I couldn't actually see a dog anyway. All I actually seen was that small red light that just basically crossed the field a good distance and run, ran with me basically the same speed, bobbing in between um, the gorse bushes and it disappeared at the end. It changed my behaviour though because I never ran that way at night again and um, I bought a torch that beamed at a prominent strong long light um, because of that, but uh, I just found it was, it was quite a strange encounter, I mean I, I totally rationalised it um, as it must have just been a dog escaped, we have headlight in its collar or something like that, and, but I didn't really see a dog, but uh, it came prominent to me as well when I was watching a documentary more recently and um, i seen the same thing in a documentary, and I thought oh, that's what kind of brought it up. I was like, I've seen that, I've seen that same thing. So, I just thought it would be a good weekend kind of story to share. Um, so, I've got to talk about just a few Paul's stories as well. And we've got a few more cases coming up in Armadale um, because I'm from there and I know a few stories there already, but um, we'll take it from there. All right, so we're going to go into Paul's account. So, chill out, listen in, and hope all is well.
1: I'm not sure my story. well, I know my stories are not going to be as detailed or as elaborate as anything like that. Um, it's just uh, vague memories, to tell you the truth. Um, the, 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 the first one, I I think it might have been about, right, and you're going to think, oh, you're a bit too young to be telling me stories, but 11 or 12, I think, was the first thing I'd seen. Right. And I'm trying to think of the name of the place where it was a scene because when I used to walk to um, St. Anthony's, I, I, I would go up past your house and I can't remember the name of the street because mm-hmm. uh, I would go past your house and head down past Paul Brady's house mm-hmm. uh, and go down and go right down to the end of the street and there's these big blocky flats.
0: Aye, um, I know, yeah, St. Helen's place.
1: That's at St. Helens Place. Right. And there was a wee Asian shop uh, there. And it's just as I remember, we were going to chapel uh, of an evening, so it must have been about half past five. Mm-hmm. And it, it, so it was a Sunday. And I think it was late November, beginning beginning of December. And as we were walking under, I seen what I thought was a big... And it was me, my mum, and my wee brother i think my dad was working away somewhere and uh, what i seen because from there from what i can remember you can see i don't know i don't think it's there anymore Is the old foundry the old ah uh,
0: yeah yeah i know we are no. right and
1: what what i seen above the foundry uh, uh, above the foundry and the wasteland i think did we call it the sands or something I can't remember. There was a nickname we gave it.
0: Did you got the foundry uh, then over that? You got the brickworks and all that kind of stuff. And, and aye, stuff but so. aye, but
1: it was definitely that side. Aye. But just before you got to the foundry, it was like um, we used to go on our bikes and go over these humps, and you know, was I don't know. We're on motorbikes and doing wheelies
0: and everything. I know, I know the bang. I know where you've that. Naked, they would say. Aye. And so what a scene in the sky,
1: right? was this bright orange light, really bright orange. And it was the cigar shape that I've heard people describe. So mm-hmm. Cigar sausage shape. Yeah. And it, it, the size of it was massive. Um, and it was just sitting above that area. And I'd have to say that it was, I don't know, Something that was really big, uh, maybe seventy meters long or something.
0: Mm-hmm. It's big guy. Eh? Yeah.
1: Um, but I I've seen it, and I'm walking to the chapel, and I I moved my head, and I looked around, and it had gone. It, yeah. that, that that was it. And um, but my mum. We never spoke about it again after that, mm-hmm. but she did see it. She did see it. Yeah, right. um, I, I think my brother might have been a bit too young to have seen it, but that—that's all that one. And so it was really brief, and I'd never heard any stories of anybody else seeing it. What, what age
0: were you then? I uh, you were, eleven or twelve. I mean, so, if you're eleven or twelve, then what kind of year was that? Eighty-one. Because 81.
1: it was.
0: There was another sighting run about the same time in the early 80s, All right. Um, which is, it was either, I'm sure it was either 81, 80. so it was either 80, 81, 82, I'll need to dig into it a bit more, but there was a sighting in Armadale um, around about the same time, either, All right. within the years anyway, and there was, uh, I'm sure there was a policeman that's seen it, and I know of two other people who've seen it who were younger. Um, but they've now came forward, but I know they had seen it. But they'd, oh, seen, they'd seen something different from what the police scene. but they maybe just seen it at a different angle. But uh-huh. They'd seen it for like a, it was either like a disc-shaped thing, I mean, but they'd, they'd seen it for like a, a lengthy bit of time, but I don't know the, if the, the police had seen like a cigar-shaped type thing, but I'm sure it was in the papers and all that kind of stuff as well. I am still need to try and dig into that story because it's it's no prominent one I knew about.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: that's kind of why I was asking the dating stuff, you know what I mean? Because the time uh-huh. and stuff like that. But what I seen was like a, a bright
1: uh, orangey red,
0: and this was broad um, daylight.
1: No, 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 no. This, this, this would have been half past five of an evening, so it was dark.
0: So it would dark because it was like December or November. Aye, aye. aye. Uh, so it, it was dark, and and that's all there was to that, really. I'm sorry, sorry. all right. I mean? It's like it was, it's it's amazing though what you find. I mean the fact of um, just
1: realizing, talking with you, the fact that you're ga- gathering all
0: these stories that you're
1: able to piece some of this stuff and the timelines together—that's awesome. Yeah.
0: As I was saying with with the Andy Swan thing, it was he's seen some recent sightings as well. I mean, because like I was talking to him and he stays up that neck of the woods now,
1: uh-huh.
0: and after at the end, he said I've seen some things recently. I said, "Well, what have you seen?" And he's seen. Um, like either kind of orb type things in the sky like quite large yeah. and one he said it was like a it was like a a sphere like a kind of bright sphere
1: uh-huh. um,
0: like white but something was going on about it and he recorded his phone. he sent me the video but it's quite hard to discern what it is but it's definitely like something strange but the interesting thing is as well he said it came from kind of Whitburn direction went over the like kind of I'm sure he said it went over like the, the, the Bathgate Hills kind of neck of the woods and dipped down and then came back up but the interesting thing is as well, there's been other sightings in that area. We, the same type of, kind of thing, I mean? It was like some type of orb thing and somebody said it was an odd thing, it looked like it had a, like a line of mercury going around about it. Oh. And that was, that was, I never heard of that story. It was the one it got told to me, but it was on like um, the MUFON site.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was on that. It was about 84, and um it was standing
1: just outside your house, actually on your, your land up the steps and I think it was at like the corner of your house mm-hmm. and I think Sosha it was definitely me and Sosha and I thought possibly your mum was there as well. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I've looked up and I, I don't know what the hell we were talking about and we're talking about something and we looked up at the stars and um oh And I seen these three lights, like, you know, maybe the size of a star, you know, from what we can see. Mm -hmm. And they they, they all came together. And originally I thought, well, they they can't be satellites because I thought satellites all went round the same direction. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the lights all came together, right, to the one point, Mm-hmm. All three, uh, they, they came to the one point spot on, and it just disappeared. That 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 was it, uh, and th- there was nothing else other than. Did you just see what I seen
0: So, so, the, so the three points of light, the, the individual individually, did they look like stars each? As in, like... I thought they looked like stars each, right. mm-hmm.
1: but I've, I've, it's gone over my head again and again over the years, and I'm thinking, was that actually some? triangle thing that was changing um its
0: um shape rotating or turning or something like aye.
1: Aye. Aye. and and the way it's done it the, the three points of come
0: Aye, that's interesting
1: yeah. aye aye the thought yeah that
0: was it really. still aye. exciting, them I mean that's the thing it's like the, the whole point is to try and piece all these things together and that's like the the point it to try and get more people because to... a lot of people didn't relate their stories. See, so the thing even... was, it was just sheer chance. We were just looking in the right
1: direction. Bizarrely looking in the same direction. It must have been something to do with being so close to the side of your house. Right. And therefore, there's only a certain part of the sky you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what drew us up. But, you know, there was nothing else to indicate something was above us. It was just, you know, chatting away and looking up. And
0: did you see that? Yeah you see that? But, uh, we, we had one where it was like, uh, we were fishing one night, and I've really this in one of the podcasts, and it's just a, a satellite-type thing, but we'd seen, um, we, were, we were fishing at the Lock, like, further out towards um, Calder tricks uh, And it was, like, dark, it was at night, you could see the stars and all that kind of stuff, and we seen a satellite, and we are like, kind of in a satellite going through the sky. And it was about the same size a normal kind of satellite as you would see them. And it was coming towards a kind of brighter star. And it was just, it, right. we basically, and I think one he has said, or I had said, I wonder what he's going to do when it hits that star, like as a joke. And it got to the star and it just done a total 90 degree turn. It just, it, it did it just, it didn't arc or nothing. It, got, it was going to it was going to pass through it, right? That's mm-hmm. what you probably don't expect to do. As soon as it hit that star and we were waiting on, it just went sh- and totally went the opposite angle. I mean, like mad. You know what I mean? So, satellites didn't do that. No, d- definitely not. Definitely not.
1: Um... I've, I've got a couple of other stories, but they're nothing to do with you. No, no that's all right. I mean, anything. I mean, that's fine. And uh, basically, um, I, I lived in uh, Birmingham, uh, South Birmingham, uh, in a place called Longbridge. You am bound to have heard of it. It's where Land Rover and Rover hmm. and all that was based. And I, I worked in a pub there called the King George V. And I think it had been built in the 40s or something. And it was a massive pub. The the downstairs lounge could hold about, uh, I think it was about 200 people. The bar could hold about 100 people. There were two function rooms. One could hold 60 and the other function room could hold 150. And it was uh, run by a guy called Bill Gregory who worked for Mitchell's and Butler Brewery. And so their living accommodation was upstairs as well anyway, the thing was, I'd finished uh, going to college. I think I'd finished going to college. And I, I was actually the head barman there. And I was homesick for, you know, living in Scotland, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I lived with my parents in Longbridge. My mum died and my brother. And I was, I was really homesick, although, you know, I've lived with the family. I thought, I don't like living down here. I just want to get back up to Scotland. Mm -hmm. So anyway, everybody knew. I would decided I was leaving um, and I was going to come up to Scotland and um, find a job and settle in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, one of the last times that um, I worked there well, perhaps I should tell you the story before. <laughs> uh, now, I'll continue. I'll jump backwards with the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lunchtime, and um, the, the pubs had shut shuts at half two, I think it was. So shut half two and get rid of everybody from the pub, right, including all the bar staff. So I'm the head barman. It's the gaffer's day off, and I'm cashing up. I've locked everything, and I'm in, in the bar, Uh Counting the money in the till, and what and there was nobody about, absolutely nobody in the pub. It was only me, and all I heard was a woman's voice, just over my left shoulder. Said, "Where are you going?" And I, I stood back from the till, and I thought, "What the hell was that? Who's there? Somebody there?" And I went through and I checked the toilets and that, and there was nobody there. And I, I was so frightened, I tell you. I thought I need to get out of here. I do, I'm not comfortable. I've heard something and it spoke to me. And I thought, right, box, I'm not counting the rest of this till. I just chucked it on the, the left to send it upstairs, straight up. Off the left, chucked it into the office. I thought, I count that when I open up later.
0: Was this half two in the morning? Was it early in the morning,
1: or was it? Oh, it's half two in the afternoon. In the afternoon, all right. In the afternoon, um, so I, I did that. Uh, I went home, and I had to come back and open up of a night time about half past five. But I come, I come back, and I thought, I'm not going in this pub unless somebody's with me, because mm. <laughs> it's a big old pub. And I waited for a member of the staff but basically I, I put it down as that the ghost was trying to communicate with me, a female ghost to tell me I was doing I think maybe tell me I'm doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. where are you going?
0: How was, close How close was the voice to your, your head just like you ear, right, ear shot?
1: Ju- just over my left shoulders as though there was a, a head right there mm-hmm. but it wasn't a loud voice, it was a where are you going? Mm-hmm. And it, and it was oh, it really eerie. And and I've i put it down to the fact that I came to Scotland. It didn't work out, and I went back again. Mm-hmm. And I think the ghost was trying to tell me maybe it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But it was that was it. But that that wasn't the only uh, thing related to a ghost in that pub. Um, there was another time I was working in the bar, same place, exact same room, actually. Really? And this time there was a disco one in the lounge and I'm working in the bar. And what I felt, it wasn't a voice or anything. It was just as though somebody had whacked me on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I've turned around and i went, what the fuck is that? Uh, I know nobody had come through the door behind me that led to the lounge mm-hmm. because you would hear uh, the door open and you'd hear the music get louder. Yeah, yeah. And also I knew it wouldn't be the uh, cellar. However, I went up. The cellar was up, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went up to the cellar just to dub- double check that nobody had playing a prank on me. Mm-hmm. And nobody there. Smart. So that, that, that was my two experiences, that one. i got a, a friend called Mick the Fish, and he used to come and do the cleaning of the pipes at the pub on a Sunday morning. And um, so basically you, you draw all the beer out the pipes, uh, get the water through them, and you start putting the clean solution through. So he would come at about 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, because there's a big job with the four rooms and there's a lot of beer in the pipes mm-hmm. and a lot of beer on the tap. And, and he, was, he was doing it. And he was up in the, the function room, the small function room, and he, he'd just come up the stairs from the lounge and there started drawing some of the stuff through the pipes. And he's got the bucket uh, and turned around and went, oh, all right, love, how are you? he had seen an old lady mm-hmm. behind the curtain. And he turned his head to finish doing what he was doing. And he turned around again, and she was gone. <sighs> Madness. I mean, was she, uh, did he get a description of what she looked like? He, he Elderly. Mm-hmm. She was elderly. Um, and he actually had thought it was the, uh, the mother of the landlady landlord's wife, mm-hmm. and, and he, he spoke to them, the, the, the gaffer later, he says, oh, so, uh, I, I see you've got the mother-in-law with you. He went, no. Nah. <laughs> he, he goes, but I've just spoke to her upstairs. He went, no, nah, she's not here. So there was nobody. So the only people who'd been upstairs was Mick cleaning the pipes, uh, landlord and his missus, nobody else. So did the
0: landlord stay there? Yes, he stayed there. Well, did he ever uh, report anything staying there, in the place? No, but his um, his ch-
1: his grandchildren uh, stayed there, and they actually stayed in the room that was closest to the, the, the small function room, so the same place where Mick the Fish had seen uh, the, the ghost. And they were staying in that room because there was no functions, and uh, and his daughter was there and uh, his her husband, and um, the, the children got upset in the of the night when the mother came up, and the I think they were crying from what I recall, and she's oh what's wrong what's wrong because uh, we'll we'll. Right. We liked the children we seen, but we didn't like how they just walked through the door without opening it.
0: <laughs>
1: and I think it was a couple of children they had seen. Mm-hmm. So th- there
0: was that. was okay. crazy. I mean, the, the place where it was built, I mean... What was the kind of history of it? I mean, if it was built in the forties, you know mean, or was it older than that, or was that I think it was built in the forties. because um, I remember there was a couple of
1: customers used to brag about being the first ones ever to drink in the place. Oh, so okay. they, they were quite elderly. Um but I don't know what it was built on. It was it was built on the, the Bristol Road South, um, on the corner of Tessel Lane. But I, I, I don't know the history there at all. I, I need to have a, a dig to see if there was anything else there. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact that a handful of us who knew each other had these different experiences... Mm-hmm. It was, I'll actually ask... I've got a friend uh, who I used to work with. I'll, I'll need to ask her if she had heard any stories. Mm-hmm. But they all heard my story. because <laughs> they, they, they all knew I, I, I was... Uh, um, spooked me big still <laughs> I thought god what the hell is going on uh, but but that's it I'll, with regards to some other things uh, um, I'm, I'm in contact with the people I went to school with we've got a sort of a fa- Facebook group uh, mm-hmm. where somebody just drops a, a message and everybody can see it mm-hmm. I'll ask about if they've heard of any
0: stories if there's anything they've got Aye, that'd be like, good I to totally um, going back to your the the kind of first encounter you had with uh with your mum, do you, what was the kind of thought at the time? I know, like you, said your mum, seen it. You never they never spoke about it after. Like, was there? A, you think there was a reason why you never spoke about it? As a common theme, when people see these things, they, they don't speak about it, and it's no, it's it's not even. Down to the ridicule aspect or like that, it's like they just don't even speak about it between ourselves or, or and stuff like that as well. It's it's quite odd. I think she tried to sweep it under the carpet, um,
1: and she'd made a couple of comments at, at that time, and it was, or oh, maybe it's a firework or it's something to do with the foundry. Some fire come. Mm. Out the foundry, but it wasn't fire coming out the foundry. It was something that was above the foundry and, and over that sandy area as well. Ah, like an object, aye. But she did try and sweep it under the carpet, you
0: know, you mm. dismiss it as, as much as possible. I'll, I'll I'll find out when I find out when the dates were the other one because I'm sure I'm sure there was, as I said, there was a sighting it was early eighties anyway. Um. I've been contacting one of my friends who basically, him and his brother seen it as well, but they didn't really, I don't think they, they came out in relayed anything. They were quite young at the time, but they definitely seen it. And it was, just, as I'm saying, it was, it was the same thing that the, the police guys had seen. I don't know if it was one police, policeman or two, but I'm sure it was in the courier and stuff. So I, it's one of the ones that I, I never really heard about, because I heard about most of this, the kind of stories. Um, and the, the most prominent ones, like you had ones where the Bob Taylor case um, the one in Livingston, and you had the guys in the A70.
1: My 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 interest
0: is going massive again, and and hearing you,
1: I could sit here for months mm-hmm. uh, listening <laughs> listening to you. I'm going to be catching up on all those podcasts, uh, but it makes me wonder if some other countries, and I think I wonder if these other countries have had sightings. Like my my wife's Albanian, right, mm-hmm. and I've never heard her ever mention. Uh, about any sightings of UFOs in Albania. Um, I've not asked her, I'm going to be ans- a- asking her now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's, it's just a daft-we question I had. Do good. It was a communist country for uh, till about 1984 or something, I think mm-hmm. it was, 85, maybe later. And uh, so they, they had the, the little bunkers, you know. A hundred, nearly a hundred thousand bunkers or something, mad like that, all over the countryside. I remember when I first visited the place. I went, "What the hell is that?" Oh, well, Enver Hodger had uh, told everybody that they'd got to build these, that the outside world wanted to come and take everything away from what they had got. Nice. But, but I'm wondering if there's. I'm going to be asking that question anyway
0: will be. There is there is ones in Russia and Poland and, and all that. I know there's cases, here yeah, so potentially there will be. Yeah, I mean. I'd
1: like to keep in contact with you, Chris, if you, if you don't mind.
0: No, um, definitely. And I'll, as I'm saying, I'll send you a couple of links and stuff as well and, and get a look at it and see what you think, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, that's, that's awesome. Thanks very much for having a listen. Like I said, there wasn't much you had, but if I can dig with some of my old friends and see if they've got anything, because they're all... Most of them are still in the Armadale area. I've got loads of cousins in West Lothian as well, you see. So there might be something else there that they've heard, you know, and they be able to pass on the information to you to get the right person so you can talk to them one-to-one.
0: Aye, nah, totally. Well, listen, everything counts, Not you know what I mean? So, like, thanks very much for your time. No, nah, any, any time. Um, I'll talk to you soon. I'll be looking out for that that stuff you're going to send. Send it to the next. <laughs> All, right. Take care. All right. you take care. I'll catch you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye.